I know that typically David reads the uh, scripture or recites it from memory um, at this time, but I am not nearly as smart as David. I am just hairier, so I will not be doing that. Um, for the past two and a half years down in New Heights in the CLC, we have been studying the book of Matthew. Two and a half years. I mean, y'all blow through stuff in here like it's nothing. Down there, we like to marinate in it. So for two and a half years, we have been in the book of Matthew. And, and we just finished. And, and when David um, was talking to me about what we were going to do next, I was like, well, I think it's going to fall at this perfect time to where we can just join up with whatever you're doing. And uh, I said, so what are you doing? And he said, well, we're going to be studying the book of Acts. And I went, awesome. I got excited for this. Uh, Because from my community's perspective, what we've been doing is we've been studying the gospel message for two and a half years. We've been looking at the way in which Jesus lived his life. and, And so what does that mean for us and how we should be living our lives? And the natural thing to do is then to see how those who lived with him physically, what they did with it is to take this look at the historian Luke's beautiful um, historical rendition of what happens when you take the gospel message and put it into practice. What happens when you believe in what Jesus said and did and you move forward into His world. Essentially, that's what we have in the book of Acts, right? You have the disciples saying, okay, it's our turn. Let's do it. And last week you have this amazing manifestation of the power of God. You have this amazing moment where Peter and John, who had spent so much time with Jesus, come into the temple to worship God. A man stops them. And he's healed. Through the power of God, he's healed. It's an amazing thing. For 40 years, it says, it makes... The text goes to great pains to, to tell you that the guy was 40 years old. Some of you think that's nothing. 40 years? What's 40 years? For me, it's becoming all too familiar. But, but think about it. There's this 40-year-old man who has been outside of this temple. He's been lame for, for 40 years. People have come and gone walking by him. Some would give him a couple of coins here and there. Some would ignore him. But there he laid. No longer. No longer because he was healed by the precious name of Yeshua. And so people knew it. People talked about it. Wait a minute, aren't you that guy that I just stepped over to get into the temple? Wait a minute, aren't you that guy that's been out there for so many years? You you are that guy and you're walking. Imagine what was happening. Imagine the buzz that was going on. Imagine all of the things that that were being said about Jesus. Because make... No mistake, Peter and John pointed to him. It wasn't us. It was him. And so what happens to Peter and John? Sanhedrin hears about it. They get a little upset. Didn't we just handle this guy, Jesus? Didn't we just take him out of the equation? Didn't we spend a whole lot of time dealing with this and we have taken care of him? And now here we go again. No. So they arrest him. They throw them in prison for the night. And they bring them back and they threaten them. You will not talk about Jesus any longer. You will not do anything in the name of Jesus any longer. And Peter and John go, no. 
I I don't think so. Because that is who we are. So the Sanhedrin threatens them a little bit more and then sends them on their way because at this moment there's nothing else they can do. And Peter and John, as we find them in chapter 4, verse 23, go back to their friends. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John found their friends and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. Then all the believers were unified as they lifted their voices in prayer. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. You spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor, King David, your servant, saying, Why did the nations rage? Why did the people waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against His Messiah. That is what has happened here in this city. For Herod and Pontius Pilate, the governor of the Gentiles, the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. In fact, everything they did occurred according to your eternal will and plan. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give your servants great boldness in their preaching. Send your healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the building where they were meeting shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they preached God's message with boldness. Did you notice what they didn't do? Did you notice how they didn't react? They didn't react in fear. Their lives were being threatened. They were thrown into prison for, for a night. Now, now look, I, I, I have not been to prison recently. And... I don't know how I would respond if I were in that situation. Thrown into prison, being threatened, knowing what had just happened to Jesus, knowing what these people were capable of, and being told, essentially, if you continue to do this, the same thing will happen to you. But they didn't respond in fear. What they did is they went back to their friends. They went back to their community. The community that was set up a couple of chapters ago when they all came together. They prayed together on a regular basis. They worshipped God together on a regular basis. They ate meals together on a regular basis. They shared what they had in common so that those who had need would have those meals fulfilled. Needs fulfilled. They came together as a body, as a community, and they found strength with one another. And they prayed. They prayed Scripture. They bring forth Psalm 2, this uh, anointing coronation psalm that would be read when a king was labeled king. It started with King David and continued on throughout the generations as a new king would come into power. Psalm 2 would be read, essentially saying all of these plans are there yet You are the King of kings. You are God. How silly it is for us to think otherwise. And then they pray for boldness. Not for protection. Not for deliverance. Not that this situation would just go away. But they pray for boldness. 
boldness in their preaching. Boldness in their testifying. Boldness in living their life for Him. I was just at annual conference, as I said. And I have to say that this is my, I don't know how many I've gone to now. I lost count after one. Um, But the annual conference is a wonderful thing because it, it is where the body comes together and does the business of the church. And it's a necessary thing. And you would think that when you gather 670 pastors together and 670 lay leaders together, that there would just be this just magnificent boldness in proclaiming the gospel message that you would not be able to silence people from hollering the name of Jesus amidst reports about pensions and apportionments. Yet during the worship services, while we're all gathered together as a group, the 13, 1400 of us, it's very remarkable to me as to what happens. Nothing. Not much at all, really. They get up there and they sing the song, and whatever leader it is is just pouring their precious heart out. And then you look around the room... And you see people in conversation ignoring what's happening. And you see people sitting down reading. And you see people just amidst in different things that are going on. Daryl Smith went this year for the first time. And he looked at me and he goes, there's not not a hand raised in the air. And at the time it was a song about raising your hands. And I said, Daryl, we're Methodists. We don't raise our hands. <laughs> but that's not true. How many of you wanted to raise your hand or clap during this little light of mine? Bam! Look at that. All the way out in the back, she's just like, yes! How many of you wanted to stand up and maybe dance a little bit? Why didn't you? Man, yeah, that just happened, didn't it? That's called boldness right there. Why not? Why didn't we? I wanted to stand up and dance too. I wanted to turn around and start clapping and show you all that I really do not have rhythm. (laughs) But we didn't because we're in the sanctuary and that just doesn't happen here. Until tomorrow morning when VBS happens. Where is the boldness that these men and women prayed for in our lives? Where is it? Where is the boldness where we say, God, fill us with Your Spirit and allow us to preach boldly about Your greatness and Your kingdom? Will Willimon says that it's God's job to do miracles and signs and wonders. It's our job to talk about it. He's not asking us to do anything except talk. Share with people what's going on. Be bold for Jesus. That doesn't mean you have to walk around and see someone in a wheelchair and put your hand on them and go, get up! Maybe it is. 
But maybe boldness for you is clapping in a worship service that never has clapping. Or maybe it's going next door to your next door neighbor and knocking on the door and not saying, do you know where you will go tonight if you die? Maybe it's just saying, hi, my name is Michael Crocker. I've lived here for four years and I don't really know you. And I need to know you because we live life together. You're my neighbor. God put me here and He put you here and it doesn't matter what you think. We're doing life together because this is our kingdom. So maybe boldness is getting to know your neighborhood. It's getting to know the people around you. Getting to open your life up so that they may know you. Sharing life together. Maybe boldness is stepping into things that you would never have stepped into before. Maybe boldness is just being who you are for God. I was listening to NPR the other day, a show on NPR, and um, that's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Um, And one of the things that they were saying was during one of their quiz shows, their games, they were talking about a man who um, is a professional streaker. And yeah, I know some of you can't believe I just said that in here. It's called boldness, people. He's a professional streaker. And what he has done is he has hit every major sporting event around the world, including the Super Bowl. However, it was not noticed. Because the year he did that on the Super Bowl, he did it at halftime, and it was at the same, almost same moment that Janet Jackson had her wardrobe malfunction. Yeah, uh, tough, tough making plans there. But the thing about that is, is that guy's bold in a way that none of us want to be. And I'm not calling for that to happen right now, by the way. What, what that guy is, is, he's bold for the sake of himself. That's about me. Look at me. Look at me. That's not what God's calling us to. God is calling us to a gospel of we. We are the body of Christ. When Peter and John went through this time, they didn't go off by themselves and be by themselves. They immediately went back to their friends and said, we together must be bold. We together must be the body of Christ. We together must move into this community proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. We've got to shake some walls. David told me, uh, essentially, I don't care what you say, just make sure the roof is still standing when I come home. i got to say maybe it shouldn't. Maybe it would be pretty cool if it weren't standing when he got home. Anybody ever been through an earthquake in here? A couple of you? Okay, yeah, I, I was in the, uh, I lived in California, Northern California, and I was in the 1989 World Series earthquake. Some of you might be uh, familiar with that one. Um, it was a big earthquake, pretty big. Uh, I was upstairs in my parents' bedroom, flipping between um, the World Series coverage and the Brady Bunch. That's right. Get over it. Um, and uh, and my, my mom is downstairs in our, in our living room. And, uh, and all of a sudden, our house starts shaking looking like it's jello. My mom's screaming downstairs. I get up. I'm running as best I can to the stairs. I bumble down the stairs, 
And our grandfather clock's doing this. And I remark, that is so cool um, in my mind because, you know, I was in high school. What are you going to do? And then I run and find my mom and and we run outside. And it lasts for, I, I don't remember how long, but it's like 30 seconds, somewhere around there. It felt like an eternity when your house looks like jello. We run outside and you begin the thing that you do. Um, you start smelling for gas to see if anything has broken. And, um, and you feel the ground just like these waves underneath you. And we run around the corner and, and try to find our dog who is lying um, just motionless underneath our doghouse. Um, and then she gets up and comes over to us. Right? You, really? You slept through this? You're supposed to warn us about these things. Dogs are supposed to feel it before anyone else. And there she is going, hey guys, what's going on? It it has struck me that that power has not left me. That movement of my house and the ground underneath you. I had been through earthquakes before that and I went through some earthquakes after that. But that one, the magnificence of that one was astounding to me. It's something that left an indelible impression on, on my mind and on my body as who I am. And at the end of this, when the disciples pray, the Holy Spirit fills them again, and the room shakes. The power of God that exists in that moment is amazing. Now, you may be of the school that says the power of God that moved like that ended a long time ago. But I'm not. I think that power still exists and is waiting for us to be bold enough to shake a building. Waiting for us to open our hearts up and say, God, move. Move in such magnificent ways that people can't help but see Your glory. And all He asks us to do is talk about it. So let's start talking. Let's start proclaiming. Let's start praying that God would move. And when we see it, don't keep it to yourself. Talk to your friends about it. Talk to everyone you see. And let's shake some walls.